Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, I can't be moving too fast, man. I move too fast. The light kind of gets away and my camera goes dark. got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Please be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at the Colts cast. Instagram is at Colts cast. We are on YouTube now. Go ahead and subscribe to us. It'd be very, very helpful to us. We want to grow our channel on there. We want to do some amazing things in the future. All right. So we have a lot to get into today. It's never a dull week for the Indianapolis Colts. Nope. Um, Jamal, I, I, I'm going to start with the injury report, and then we're we just going to get right into it, you know? Say less. As we know, Ashton Doolin, I don't think he plays this week. Um, and he got hit really hard by Duran James last week. I, I don't think he plays, and especially with all the concussion stuff going around and people passing away and stuff with head injuries i wouldn't want him to play i know he wants to but i I, i'd rather be cautious with that um we got kylan granson rodney mcleod and kenny moore um got some did not did not participate in practice for thursday rodney mcleod was there um so i expect him to play but yeah the other three not really sure yet um yeah kenny moore has been out for a while Colin Granson missed last game, so we'll see what happens. Um, just those four players on the injury report. So, Jamal, where would you like to start? <clears throat> we can. We should probably start off with the Colts cast and then probably turn into the Raiders cast because I feel like they're going to have some president on my talk today and then go back to the Colts cast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we'll start with the Colts, man. We'll start with the Colts. Uh, you know, big game this week. Big game. Big game for for us. For the sake of needing to continue the tankathon, uh, big game for the Giants. They need to win this game to get to the playoffs to, to clinch that spot for them. So uh, I like to think that they're going to come out playing strong. But before we go to talk about them, I want to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Saturday said after the game that he plans to start Nick Foles for the next two weeks. Mm. So Nick, Nick Foles is going to be the starter for for the remainder of the season. Mm. Um. You know mm. how I feel about that. Yeah, I see you getting, oh, <laughs> I see the steam popping out of your ears yeah, right now. Yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, it is what it is at this point. They they made it crystal clear that they're not going to use Ellinger. Sucks, but, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is. Jeff Saturday has a plan. Whether that plan is about tanking or he just truly feels that Nick Foles is the the best person to be in that spot, it, it is what it is. I can sit here and go down a rabbit hole all day as to why he, he doesn't need to be there, but... We don't get to make those calls. We just get to talk about them, and then we get to watch it all unfold and talk about it right after the game. So I kind of enjoy our role. Anyways, we don't get picked on. Um, so Yeah, I've already publicly stated I would like to see Sam Ellinger play the yeah. last two games of the season. It makes sense just from a strategic standpoint. Do we actually see this guy as a potential franchise quarterback? Do we see this person as a backup uh, like you said in previous episodes, can we use him as ammo for a trade or anything? 
it just makes sense, you know, to see what Sam Ellinger can do, see what his potential is, see what his true potential is. Um, especially against the Giants, I, I don't mm-hmm. think their defense is that great. But I think this matchup is going to be tough. Um, the Texans' uh, defense is not that great, uh, even though they've been playing competitive recently. But at least, you know, give the guy a chance. We, we tried to do it, you know, in the middle of the season under Frank Wright. Why not do it now? But yeah, I, it seems like the plan is Nick Foles. Yeah, look, that's 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 fine with me at this point. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the Tankathon. We're we're fifth overall. I expect us to maybe go up a pick or two. We'll see what happens. Um, but five, five is a solid pick. Five is great. Top five. It honestly really is, especially when we look back. What we were like ninth or so, and in my mm-hmm. mind, I was thinking we're gonna have to give us some capital. We're gonna have to trade something to be able to get down. <laughs> And the Colts said, "Yeah, don't don't worry about trading anything. We're just gonna figure out a way to lose it all, so we can get there naturally." And I and I'm not mad about it. Right now, I do not want to trade up to the number one or two. No, yeah, it's not worth it. Personally, and from what I've seen, I don't think there's a clear cut number one quarterback right now, and I don't think there's someone that's just so highly coveted that we have to trade up for them, like. I don't see a Joe Burrow of this draft right right now. Right now, I won't. I, I got to see what they do and and pre-draft mm-hmm. stuff and during the combine. But right now, I don't see a Joe Burrow. I don't see a Trevor Lawrence. I don't see a right. Andrew Luck type of prospect. So I don't want to trade up. I I think top five. Like if why are we trading up to like two if if we're number five? I I don't want to do that uh, personally. But anyway, let's get into that Giants matchup. The Colts visit MetLife Stadium. They take on the Giants. 1 p.m. Sunday, our our, our normal time. Yeah. <laughs> no more prime time. A very important game for the Giants because they just need a win to get in the playoffs, I think. For us, it's just another filler game for us until, you know, the failure of this season comes to a close. Um, Jamal, get, give me your thoughts about this matchup. Let me uh, know. I think it's pretty clear cut. What's going to happen? Um, like you mentioned earlier, the Giants' defense doesn't really scare me that much. I, I'm I'm not too concerned with them. But I also know that the Colts' offense doesn't score. So I think it could make the Giants' defense look elite in a game in a crucial game for them. Uh, it can make them look very, very good. Uh, as far as defensive-wise goes for us, I expect our defense to come out and have a, a fairly good game. Barkley, the the biggest thing I've noticed with Barkley out of the games I've watched for them this season is he like he's been he's been great. The beginning of the season he started off really well, but then he kind of went he's he slowed down a little bit. But he always pretty much for what is worth finds a way to get his yards. He finds a way to grab those yards and finds a way to sneak into the end zone. So I I expect him to have a couple of decent carries and maybe even get a touchdown when they get close to the red zone. But honestly, the way our defense has been playing, I mean. I think that we got a chance to really contain Barkley and, and the Giants as a whole and them not run as crazy as a game as as we expected. Uh, similar to like all of our other games we've seen this season, I really only expect it to be bad on the scoreboard when the defense is having to be out there for an extended period of time. But all in all, I, I really think our defense gives us a chance to keep this game a lot closer. Uh, and if we had the proper weapons on offense – put us in position to win the game, uh, but it just won't happen as far as winning the game. But I, I 
I'm excited to see what our defense can do up against a, a New York Giants offense. Uh, I, I kind of want to see um, see what happens when Barkley gets a chance to break away and we, we can stop him or Daniel Jones try to get a breakaway and Zaire come to smack him up a little bit. I'm excited <laughs> to see that kind of stuff. I'm not ready to see the offense play. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I do not look forward to seeing that debacle. <laughs> So as as soon as I heard that Nick Foles was starting uh, <laughs> this week against the Giants, I'm in uh I'm in uh, the finals right now in my fantasy league. I scooped up the Giants defense immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I had to, and it, it's a business. I, I I expect Nick Foles to still be terrible. We'll see what happens, but you know I'm, I'm basing off his last game. So if, if if you look at his last game, absolutely woeful, terrible. I mean, I was rewatching some of the game. I saw a play. He was in shotgun. He, you know, in shotgun, you, you've, you've already dropped back so so many steps when you when you take the snap. So, but he took a ten step drop after the snap. I mean, dude, dude went back like ten yards, and you know, and we we blame our offensive line, but it's just easier for the edge rusher or whoever to get to the quarterback when when you're way back there, not in the pocket essentially. Uh, but anyway, I don't have faith in this offense. It's broken, you know, until they show me signs of life. You can't really rely on this offense to generate points. Zach Moss, I said he was a bright spot last week. Uh, he needs like 20 carries for us to get in the red zone. Uh, <laughs> offensive line has to play above average. Um, I, they've got him better under Jeff Saturday, but it's still not, still not up to par. Nick Foles has to be at least average. At least average. That <laughs> that's not a lot to ask for. Like he has yeah, to be at least average. Wow. Play design and play calling have to take the next step up. We can't have all of our receivers running hitch routes or some rudimentary bullcrap. Like it there needs to be some like you watch a 49ers game, you watch a Kansas City game, and and their their offensive play calling is on a different level. And you can tell, um, you know, even with our receivers, they're going to have to make big catches because they're not going to get amazing throws every time from Nick Foles. They're going to have to make plays. They're going to have to get yards out of catch. They're going to have to do something, something to help us move the change. Jelani Woods, he's going to have to be on the field for at least 50% of the offensive snaps, regardless if Kylan Granson is out or healthy. Doesn't matter. He has to be on the field. Like I said, there's a positive correlation with yardage and moving the chains and, and going downfield on our drives when Jelani Woods gets the ball in his hands. When Jelani Wills, Woods is even just on the field. So, and then the offensive system just it just as a whole, it just needs to have cohesion. You know, everyone needs to be on the same page. Nick Foles, he's barely had reps with this first team. You know, whether that's, you know, where to line up, whether to line up correctly, uh, what route to run on the actual play, who to block, who's your assignments, et cetera. It's just a big – it's it's all a big mess right now. And I don't think it's going to get better. It's the last two games. I mean, the players are playing as – you know, they're trying to play as hard as they can, but it's just the system itself. It They're just it, – they're deemed to fail. It really is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and two things about that. For one, going back to Jelani, I, I definitely agree. We have to have him on the field. He needs to be – on there as much as possible. And and really when I think about the playbook and the play calling, you know how they can take this to the next level, Eric, without having to redraw up new plays or figure out a new scheme. 
make it double tights. Put two tight ends out there. You got Mac or Granson, you know, or for what is worth Mac, and then you're gonna have Woods on the other side. For now, you have an extra blocker in Mac. You got a route runner in Woods. We can contain a lot more, or you can have both of them go out. You can do so much more with double tights in a situation like this, where our O line is not the best, and we're not gonna have a quarterback who can really do too much. Why not utilize these things we have? We if we don't need to have a run a running back, a small running back back there blocking against a you know, big linebacker coming full steam ahead, then put an extra tight end out there. Let him let him work down with the tackles. I mean, because it only helps you. It only makes you better. And speaking of, you know, kind of like you said, the cohesion and learning how not only does Nick Foles not have the, the um, does he not have the system down with the current starting offense, we look at Ryan Kelly. He talked about in an interview where he talked about nine different quarterbacks. He's been with now nine Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Scott Tolson, and a luck since he's been with the Colts. He's going to be on his 10th quarterback. That's potentially crazy. Next year. Yeah. I only thing I think about are getting snaps off. If you're the center, because you don't know. I mean, I, I again, I know they get a chance to practice and all that good jazz, but you still certain quarterbacks want the ball a certain way. You know, they, they're going to want it. And, and Ryan Kelly as the center, it's now his responsibility. It's not Nick Foles' responsibility to make sure that he catches every ball that comes. It's Ryan Kelly's job to make sure that every snap that goes back there is where Nick Foles needs it and where he's expecting it. That's a lot to ask for someone who already has to try to snap the ball, step, and block the guy in front of him. Now they have to try to make sure they're doing it to, to your liking. The third quarterback on the season now, to your liking, even though they do get some reps in practice, I'm sure they do, it's not full-speed reps. You know, uh, Nick Foles isn't out there with the starting O-line getting full uh, full team reps. They may get it in warm-ups, you know, or something like that. But he's not out there every time, especially before leading to last week. So I think about the disadvantage that a Ryan Kelly is at when he's having to deal with another quarterback and the disadvantage that the rest of the line is as well because now, again, you know, they're going to block one way for a quarterback that's not mobile versus a quarterback that is mobile. Uh, they're going to try their best to accommodate, but we know that that just doesn't always happen. So. I really think it's important to note that as important as it is for Nick Foles to be on the same page as the receivers and the tight ends, he has to be on the same page as the linemen as well uh, because they play, I mean, they play the biggest role for, for his success. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade. Right. You know, we, we kind of uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh -huh. uh, Madrid and Barca. Right. Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Yeah, let's hold down that C gap, add that extra tight end. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's there for, right? Yep. I hear you. I agree all the way. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Dallas Flowers. Oh, uh, yeah. If you didn't see that stat about him that we posted on social media, he leads the league in yards per kickoff return by a wide margin at 32.9 yards. That's nuts. Nah, yeah, that's not only nuts. Shout out to him. The next highest is Boston Scott at 27.9. 
And I know it, a lot of casual football fans might be thinking it's not a relevant statistic you know, because you start at the 25-yard line on a touchback. That's only extra eight yards of better field, uh, field position on average. But to me, that's essentially a set of downs that Flowers is moving for us before our offense even gets out there. And to my understanding, this is the average yards he picks up from where he catches the ball. So if he's receiving the ball at the seven-yard line, the kickoff, we're basically at the 40 to start the drive. I think that's impressive. You know, it's, it's yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's very impressive because the I think it was in the Vikings game where when they were on their way making it back and he had an explosive return after they did a score. And, of course, we didn't do anything with it. But the point is that set us up for great field position. Great. I think he, I don't know if he made it across the 50, but it was definitely really close to it. And that's not the first time he's done it. I mean, like you said, the 33 speaks for itself. He always, when he touches that ball, he puts us in great field position. Yeah. I I would like to see him on the football field next year for the Colts because, like I said, the next highest is 27.9. I mean, he's the only one in the 30s for kickoff returns. So whatever you think, how minute that might be, that that's still impressive to me. I don't know why teams are still kicking off to him. <laughs> He's so good as a kickoff returner. I mean, why even risk it? Uh, but hey, do you? You know, <laughs> keep kicking it to him. I'm I'm happy for that. So big again, big props to Dallas Flowers. Keep oh, doing yeah. your thing, man. I wish the best for you. I hope um, he takes one to the house this week. That'd be that'd be great to see. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, Brian Dayball, I I he's about to take this team to the playoffs in year one. I'm going back to the Giants matchup. I I think. They're just going to be hype, hype as fuck Sunday. I do not expect this game to be competitive, mm-hmm. even though I I don't know how the Giants win games. Like it, it's weird because I've seen some of their games, but they 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 somehow find a way to do it. Um, like because like their offense isn't like their their wide receiver. They just drafted Wondell Robinson's been on the IR. It, I feel like they're always rotating receivers out. I mean, they have Saquon Barkley, and he's back. I mean, he's one of the best running backs I've seen in this past decade, and now he looks fully healthy. He's back. I mean, that's that's their best weapon. Um, but, like, other than that, I, I don't think most people can name me receivers off the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's had some good games. He he can run it. Um, he's, he's definitely a mobile quarterback. I just... You know, like the Giants, if we were playing them and we actually had a future going into the playoffs, I wouldn't be too terrified of them. But we don't have a real head coach. We don't have an offensive coordinator. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, We have washed up quarterback. So it's a completely different situation right now. So I don't think this game will be competitive. I mean, you're about to have Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge who they just drafted. Uh, supposed, yeah, he was supposedly consensus, you know, best player available, but then that injury history brought him down a few spots. So I think Bernard Raymond might be in for another hard day. <laughs> so I, I expect the giants to mop us up. I'm talking like, I mean, we only scored three points last week. I think we get touch. <laughs> I don't know. I think we get a touchdown and then go for a two-point convert. I don't know. Since I think it's going to be wow. yeah, 24 to 6 or something. Maybe it's two field goals. You know, Chase Chase McLaughlin, Mr. Automatic, you know, he's going to hit it for us. But Unless I don't, we go for it on every fourth down, but keep going. 
Yeah. Well, or if we can convert a third down, eh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so that's my score prediction. I expect us to continue to lose. We'll retain our fifth spot. Um, I think the teams ahead of us was it Arizona, Denver, Chicago, and Houston for draft picks. I mean, Houston might win one. Um, Chicago's lost eight straight. <laughs> I thought they were going to shut down Justin Fields. I don't think they're going to. You know, the Broncos are in disarray, but they got their head coach fired, so maybe they might win a game. Uh, and then Arizona, they lost Kyler Murray. Not much going on with them. So we still probably will be in this pick five spot by the end, yeah. of, end, of, end of the week. Yep, we sure will. We sure will. Uh, and yeah, I'm not looking forward to it either. I I, I do think this game <laughs> is uh, this game will be a blowout. It'll be like I said. I think the defense will hold down the fort for the first half, but the second half is where the Giants will probably turn it up. Just because at that point we won't be converting anything, so it's gonna be hard to continue to play with that same enthusiasm when we're not converting anything. So I I expect I expect another you know like you said three or six point game. Not too much more. They made it very, very clear to me against a to what I still think is for what it's worth a okay Chargers defense. They made it very clear they couldn't figure out anything. So I don't expect I don't expect anything more. Um I just really don't. I I don't know. I, yeah, it's gonna be ugly. Well, what if we had Derek Carr back there? Would you would you feel better about that? Yeah, well, you know would what? We, would so, we tear man. up the giant? <laughs> All day long, man, I've been pondering on this. I've been pondering on it. And you know what, Eric, I'm going to tell you and the rest of Colts Nation. Hey, unless I'm getting a package deal that includes Devontae Adams, don't bring Derek Carr in my building. Don't bring him because, because, let me tell you what's going to happen. If you decide, all right, fine, Derek Carr, who's been in Las, uh, been Las Vegas now or with the Raiders for nine years, I just want to point out, nine years, we know that, you know, players can last a lot longer, but he's been in the league now for nine years. We're going to just throw everything away and decide we don't want to get a young quarterback who could be our potential new guy just for one player. I, I just, I don't like Derek Carr for just that one thing. Now, if you're going to bring me a package deal where we decide, maybe give up a first round pick, give up a second round pick, give, absorb, absorb, um, uh, Devontae Adams' contract because, you know, the Raiders only gave up a first-round pick and a second-round pick for him. Absorb his contract. Derek Carr has, what, one year left on his contract, $33 million guaranteed next year for in case of injury or whatever. We we All we do is eat money anyway on the Indianapolis Colts. Go ahead and absorb that crap. Take it. Give away our first round, second round. Give away another player. We can give away a, a star player. I Again, if they want a Shaq Leonard, they want to entertain that. If they want to entertain a Kenny Moore, if they want if they want to entertain any of those people like that, anybody is up. Anybody is up for grabs. Obviously, I don't want Josh Jacobs. I mean, I, I like Josh Jacobs. We don't need him. We have we have um, JT in the backfield, so I'm not even going to entertain that. I don't think they would they would probably like the trade, but it doesn't matter. Um, as well as Zaire's played this year, I don't know that he would be he would be enough for a team after just one year of play. You know what I mean? I think he's shown some really highlight, but you have a Shaq Leonard who has been, you know, kind of battle-tested throughout the first portion of his, his career. Uh, I could see why teams would rather that. 
But I will be willing to will and deal and negotiate because if we were to do something like that, give up first round, second round, give up a star player, or maybe maybe two other players, two smaller players, and another pick at three picks total, then what does that look like, Eric? We have a true wide receiver one. We have a court a mobile quarterback. Line can be more competent. I don't even I don't know, man. I mean, I I, I also think about the fact that with those two players. Now you open the door for other head coaches who don't want to have to come in and try to rebuild from the ground up because now they have at least some kind of structure. Because I know that a lot of coaches, the Sean Paytons and these guys, which I don't think that Jim would uh, probably go for anyway, but those guys, I don't know that they'll be willing to come into a situation where they have to start legit from the ground up with a rookie quarterback with nothing around them, you know, no true weapons around them. So if you get a Derek Carr and a Devontae Adams, again, a package deal, Maybe open the door for a, a, a vet coach who is willing to come out of retirement or um, willing to deal kind of with what we have uh, in this situation. But I, I, I just don't want Derek by himself. I don't want him by himself. If that's the case, I want to go with my draft pick and keep it and go for a quarterback. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you love running? Do you dream of running on a forested trail or a crowded road race? Martha Runs the World podcast is the place for you. We are about running for runners. We bring you running wisdom and inspiring stories every week. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. So, in case Colts Nation didn't know, the Las Vegas Raiders have benched Derek Carr in favor of Jared Stidham. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like Josh McDaniels, he's trying anything at the moment. It took a devastating loss from the Pittsburgh Steelers for Coach to make this move. Um, Derek Carr, he went 16 for 30 for 174 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions in that last game. Three carries, 14 yards. Uh Ever since his betching, he's he stepped away from the team to avoid distractions, um, and just like Jamal said, you, you know what this means. You know he he won't be the Raiders' quarterback in 2023, and you know why this has an impact on the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard loves veteran quarterbacks, loves them. So now, I guess. I don't know if I agree with that, Jamal, but I will be upfront about it. I I don't want the Colts to go after Derek Carr, so uh, I I think there's several reasons for this. You know, one, I don't want to give up precious draft capital or promising players for him. Um, you got to think about. I mean, the last few drafts we've just been missing our picks because we've been trying to bandage a quarterback, and this just continues that cycle. So, like. <sighs> And then you see it doesn't always work out for the receiving team of the quarterback that got traded. The Seahawks were predicted to be the one of the worst teams in the NFL after the Russell Wilson trade. <laughs> and now we're, what, week 17? They've exceeded expectations. Let's ride. And are currently still in the playoff hunt with Geno Smith at the helm. While the Broncos, Broncos country, that's right, have been the biggest disappointment in the NFL. This is bigger than the Colts. Yeah, even bigger than the Colts because we didn't get 
uh, you know, a a star Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime. Y'all wanted him too, boy. Hey. High size 2020. Yeah. But not to mention all the draft picks they got for him. Two first rounders, two second rounders, etc. Deshaun Watson, despite what you think about him, highly coveted quarterback in the offseason. Put up elite numbers and you know with the Texans and the Texans were boo-boo back then. The Browns gave up three first-round picks and some third and fourth-round picks. Three first-round picks. That's a lot of that. That's a long time to ever pick in the first round again. You know, Watson hasn't been great in his four games back, and he might get a pass because he hasn't really been able to practice or anything. He just got there. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, has had the entire season <laughs> and preseason. So, you know. Then you look at the situation we're in now. The Carson Wentz experiment failed. The Matt Ryan experiment has failed. I think it's time to start fresh. It's time to end this bad habit. And this is nothing against Derek Carr. He isn't bad. He's 31, three-time Pro Bowler, just made the playoffs last season under head racist John Gruden. You know That was without Devontae Adams, too. Without him. Yeah. He had Henry Ruggs for maybe half the season. Until he got arrested. I, I like, I, they're they're doing Derek Carr. <laughs> their, their whole squad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, they're doing Derek Carr wrong. They they should not have benched him. That This is kind of a drastic move, in my opinion. But I'm not a Raiders fan. I'm not going to speak on that. But he's one of the better deep ball passers in the NFL. He's a quality QB. However, I, I still want the Colts to build something good. Build something from the ground up. You know, we've been spoiled with Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning in terms of QB success. But I kind of want to try to, you know, find that again. And some would venture to say that Andrew Luck was a failure just because he retired. Um, but we were building a winning culture around these quarterbacks that we drafted. That's That's been our MO, right? So, you know, while Derek Carr helps us out in the short term, and, you know, you're talking about getting Devontae Adams as well, that's, short that's potential short term as well. And we're a small market, too. I, I just don't think Devontae Adams want to be there. I, I don't know. But Colts, Colts Nation, you know, we need a long-term answer at QB. So I'm I'm still team draft a QB in April. So, Man, I mean, that was that was very elegantly put. And, and I, I agree. Like I said, I was, I'm not making a case for Derek Carr one bit. I don't really want him. I'm just saying that I know Chris Ballard. I know he rolls. If he's the GM next year, he sees a value pick or a value player like that, a potential value player like that, I know him. He'll try to jump on something like that. I mean, we've witnessed it. Yeah. We have legit witnessed it. And I just think, I don't know. And, like, I, 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 Eric, I can go down this rabbit hole all day long because I have looked at countless, countless um, draft, mock drafts, and every single one I look at has us trying to take Will Levis when C.J. Stroud is still there. And I just don't understand it. I don't. I understand it. I, I actually do understand it, but I don't understand it because I, I, I just don't see why you would pass up on a quarterback like CJ, who's shown you that he can do it with, with the you know with the great crew around him, versus a Will Levitz who I still am not too much sold on. I still don't think he's a top. Five, but I, I don't know my top five, so I'm not going to sit here and say I can name them because I that'll be a lie. My point is this: 
I just don't understand why we would potentially pass up on a CJ Stroud because because I say this right here to you, Eric because you know all these rumors keep popping up about Chris Ballard saying how he really wanted Justin Fields he wanted Justin Fields blah 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 Justin Fields Justin Fields and it didn't happen so if you really wanted Justin Fields this is your opportunity right now to make it happen with the CJ Stroud I'm not saying that he's a Justin Fields style scrambler but he's a very much a they have he has more of that play than a Will Levis does so you got to attack it and I think that if you choose Will Levis over, if, G, if he's still the GM at this point, then all of that was a lie. It was all just a ploy. You know what I mean? You, because you, you have something in your hands, in your grasp right now that we have full control of the boat over. We have full control over it. Because right now, we would be that second team drafting a quarterback. We know we know the Cardinals don't need a quarterback. We know that, uh, that um, uh, what's the other squad in front of us? Um, Texans are probably going to take... Bryce Young. We know that. Not necessarily. Well, fine. But they're going to either venture for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. One of the two of them, they're going to venture. And you telling me that if one of the two of them are up there, as of right now, yes. If one of the two of them are still up there and we would pick a Will Levis over that, I I just have a hard time understanding that um, because it just doesn't really make too much sense to me. All I guess – Everyone's should, got this bad taste in their mouth about Lewis already. Because he's only played for two years, and he hasn't done anything. He's, he moved to the SEC to try to get— a great 2021 season. Dude, he's, do we need to pull up stats? You can't, you can't say that. You can't say—so you, you would pick Will Levis right now. If you had, if you had Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will in front of your face right now, you're going with to, a, with, a, with a very, very, very good conscious say, come on, Will, I got you. But, Probably not, but I— I, I want to see what happens in the next coming the next coming months. Yeah, I, right now I'm taking personally I, I'm taking Richardson, Stroud, or Young over Levis. But mm-hmm. they're a, they are all right now in that tier one. Some people have Richardson like round two. Some yeah, people I've don't like that. Bryce Young. Some people don't like Stroud. It it there's question. There's no consensus right now. Um, that. A lot of people don't like Will Levis. I'm not – I don't necessarily not like him. He has the tools. Like, he looks like a, a almost replica build of Josh Allen. He has a huge right. arm. Right. Right. He, I'll let you finish. Sorry, he can ahead. run. He, he, he's he got arm talent. Like, there are things to like, and I don't know if we can write him off just yet. I agree, but now are we always going to just only go by what a build is? We're going to say every quarterback who's six four, two hundred and thirty pounds is going to be is going to be the the greatest thing since sliced bread because I feel like that's the route we're going to start going now. No, but I also just don't want Chris Ballard because uh, this Justin Fields thing. We don't even know if Justin Fields is the real deal yet. Yes, we've oh, I know. seen him I know. run. Yeah, I he he's very fun to watch, but. He is not as polished as a passer as you as you want your franchise quarterback to be. For sure. So, but he he needs they need to build around him and see what he's about. I you know he, we got Bears fans or, as our friends. I, I talk to him all the time about you know the potential who they need and stuff. Like we were talking about you know the Bears potentially trading for T Higgins things like that. So right. they need to receive. Um, yeah, they they need a number one. Uh, but. I, I will not say, like, oh, we, we missed on Justin Fields just yet. Like that, yeah. No, and I, I'm definitely not saying that we missed on Justin Fields. I'm just saying that after all of the stuff that's going on in our quarterback debacle, it's starting to come out more and more of how he really wanted Fields and this and that. And the, 
everything else. So I'm saying that while you have an opportunity to possibly, as the as draft stop continues on, pot and pro days go on, all that good jazz, you have an opportunity to take a look at what's on the on the table. If you just pass up on someone because strictly of a build, then I, I don't know that that's that that's going to be the best route to take. Because I I feel like we're going to have to have someone around us because we clearly know that we don't have we have an MPJ who we're going to consider our wide receiver one. But we do we do we think he's a true true wide receiver one on any other team? That goes up for debate. We have a great running back in our backfield there for us. I just want to see I want to see a quarterback come into the game who's going to be able to still work well with our weapons. I, I haven't watched enough film on, on Will Levis, so I'm not going to say, say that he can't work with a subpar wide receiver one and the rest of our group because I do think that we have our receivers are decent, but and I just haven't watched enough film. But I'm just saying that we're going to, I need to see that he's going to be able to be a playmaker and he's definitely going to count. And, and again, I even said during our draft, is an outlier because he does have Marvin Harrison Jr. there who does not drop a single pass. So it, it, it does it does inflate you whenever I see someone like that who you can just put the ball a Larry Fitzgerald style where you can put the ball anywhere he's going to figure out a way to catch it and come down with it. So I do think that is a little skewed. Um, but I, I also just have to I have to watch more film on, on both of them. I've seen enough Ohio State just because they put on TV and stuff. But I hadn't really got a chance to sit there and dissect uh, Kentucky's film, and I'll have to watch full games of college, but I don't want to see this on the explosive I want to see what he's doing and, and crunch time. Uh, when the line is in black, right? you know, he doesn't have his, his number one ready to go to. So, I, 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 I just, I just get scared over the entire situation because going back to it, I'm going to go Ballard is a value guy. Ballard can see the value in car and just really not content y'all take care take care